0: what's up good afternoon it's monday we're uh here episode eight of the group rosario podcast i'm here with my co-host greg valdez writer here in san antonio we've brought on special guest keith simpson from squeezers here in Southtown. many of you know uh know what it is but i'm gonna i'm gonna let um keith self-introduce
1: how you doing guys keith simpson like you said uh representing squeezers juice bar
0: good deal keith uh Oh yeah, so
2: for today's episode, we wanted to focus on small businesses. San Antonio is one of the largest growing cities in the US right now, seventh largest population, and one of the fastest growing entrepreneurial centers entrepreneurial centers as well. So there's a lot of economic progression, and more important than ever, it's important to feature minority-owned small businesses, women-owned small businesses. And those who represent our city. And in looking at those small businesses, we're talking to Keith today and discussing his experience as a small business owner in San Antonio. So
1: thank you again. Yeah, I really no, it. thank you guys for having me.
0: Good deal. Um, I'm actually gonna let Greg, Greg, I'm gonna let you take, uh, take the lead on this one. I'm still trying to set up these, uh, these restreams to my business page, but why don't you start us off on the, uh, on the series that we have?
2: All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you tell us about squeezers, but I'll tell the story of my first encounter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Was invited on, and I want to talk about them a little later. Um, the Carpenter's Apprentice to a podcast. That was like two years ago. Shout out, Roy. Yeah, and everyone there. I mean, I remember when they first hit me up. I thought this was a team of actual talent managers and shit. <laughs> Pardon my language. Who were getting me to go out there and do this interview and it was at squeezers and they were using your studio
1: yeah over on proband right right we had a uh, small little uh, house that we leased out on proband um we had a uh, of course our juice bar in there a coffee shop also and a yoga studio as well um in the beginning um the coffee shop was really successful the yoga studio did really well but uh the yoga studio did so well that they wanted to move out and and uh you know do their own thing which is great but uh we had the space available and i had met um uh, julia roy's sister first she had came in for some juice and i think she saw the space and the next day brought in roy to uh the location and roy was like an energetic young guy really about his uh business i felt the energy was really great and he asked me if he could uh possibly do a um I want to say a YouTube channel inside of that room where the yoga studio was. I, of course, uh, agreed, and the rest is history, man. There were... Okay,
2: so you gave them the studio to use, and what happened? I'm going to let you answer, but I at least want to say I saw this community start to grow not just out of them doing that there but you having squeezers there
1: yeah i mean squeezers have been in business for eight years um you know leading up to now man and we started in McAllen, built a good base there grew out of McAllen, and i brought it up to san antonio in 2015. me and this other cat um alan caparo of course and my wife who is my business partner um started out with our market tester which is our juice cart down on um, Alamo. I have and, seen it, yeah. Yeah, so they they, they used to have a um, food truck park on Alamo, a little bit further north on Alamo, close to Cesar Chavez. And we did really well there, and we loved Southtown. I was living in Southtown as well, so we looked around at different places, and then that's how the Proband House came into play. So why McAllen to San Antonio? Well, uh, my wife is. Or we went to high school in McAllen. I settled in McAllen. I had a... Um, a coaching job there also I used to play basketball and also coach basketball as well so I had a coaching job there too and um you know uh started to jump into the entrepreneurship of um of the the uh, I guess the juice bar and um you know it did really well like I said and and uh, we we uh, moved up to San Antonio
2: okay I'm I'm starting to laugh because I have family in McAllen I grew up around McAllen oh, and, yeah
1: I mean, um, we love McAllen shout out McAllen and the whole valley they Man, we, we love the valley. We love the valley, Series. Alamo, San Juan. It was all a, that, st- yeah. straight up McAllen. Straight up McAllen, man. I'm, of course, the surrounding areas, Edinburgh, uh, Mission, Sherryland, Far Texas. You know what I'm saying? All, all of those places. We, we Like I said, we love the valley. West Licole, Donna. And it's really Hispanic there. So coming from there to San Antonio yeah, yeah, is... Man. But I'm born and raised in San Antonio, right? So like, I man, didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. born and raised in San Antonio. The Hispanic culture has always been a part of my culture. Um, I was a kid, I was the only black kid in most of the classes that I went to at some of the, uh, schools that I went to. So, you know, I got comfortable with being uncomfortable in those type of situations.
0: All right. Okay. Keith, uh, so I finally got my, my stuff handled. Sorry about that. But, um, so did we touch on the kind of the overall process of bringing Squeezers to San Antonio yet or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We,
1: yeah, we did. We, uh, okay. so basically the process was, man, um, like I said, I connected with, a. uh, a cool cat here named um, Alan Caparo. He goes by uh, Party McFly. Uh, he's great at marketing. Man, he's a marketing like beast, marketing genius, marketing beast. So my wife, him, and I all kind of connected and blended on um, finding a way to bring squeezers to San Antonio, but not just like for the average, I guess you could say, uh, health enthusiast, but for everybody. He had the street team like no other. We had the, you know, the knowledge of juice and the health and wellness. We put those two together, and it blended super well.
0: At the, at the time, were you? Uh, was there other brands uh, that were in town that that
1: did juice?
0: As far as juice bars, yeah, juice not, bars. Man,
1: not that I know of, man. I, you know, our, um, I guess not competition, man, but like counterpart, I guess you could say, as far as a juice bar goes, was in. Um, Austin, it was Juice Land. Juice Land was really okay, popular. Yeah. At that okay. And it was like 2012 when we first uh, founded Squeezers. And Juice Land was my only reference to juice bars, but like in Texas. So we, I mean, um, my wife and I have been all over the world, man. We, we spent some time in LA. That's where the inspiration came for health and wellness. And that was like back in 2011, 2010, 2011. So once we um, decided to get married and move to McAllen, we uh, decided, like, man, there's no juice, <laughs> juice bars around. There's a 38% obesity rate in, in kids. I was coaching kids.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: So uh, it kind of made sense for us to try to give something, you know, a little bit more healthier and fast to, uh, you know, kids and parents alike.
2: So you were an entrepreneur before you were a juice bar owner.
1: I, I mean. The word entrepreneur is uh, it's it's a uh, I don't know if I would consider myself an entrepreneur. I just saw a need and a market, and then I I guess that is jumped what right was, in, jumped into it. So yeah.
0: I I want to touch on that, Keith. You you're you're hesitant to call yourself an entrepreneur, but I'd say you're an entrepreneur. What what may, what makes you uh, what makes you kind of push back on that on that idea that you're not an entrepreneur? Because when I think of an entrepreneur,
1: they have like In my idea of an entrepreneur, they have multiple businesses, man, like, you know, multiple sources of income. And, you know, um, it just really uh, fasted on the business aspect of everything. I'm not, I don't really care about the business part. Of course, the business part is great. The money is good, but we wanted to focus on health and wellness for everybody, right? Right. So for like our community, like, you know, Latinos and Blacks uh, alike like we don't have a real like place that we can go to and get some type of health and wellness and feel comfortable doing it too right
0: let me let me ask you a question on uh sorry to stick to stick I'll to this entrepreneur it. because i think it's important i think a lot of the viewers understand you know i th- i throw the word entrepreneur out a lot but how i define entrepreneur is anybody who's willing to take a risk mm. to leave the comfortable mm. yeah. life to create something that they believe in right yeah. like something they have passion oh, for you okay. have passion for health you. health and wellness i think uh I think, I don't know, man, if I were to classify you, I'd say, hey, you took a pretty pretty big risk in that sense, right?
1: Man, I definitely did. My mom, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law were all like, you're gonna do what? Leave your insurance, leave your job, leave what to do what? And I mean, I was so passionate about it, man. My wife was so passionate about it. You know, we tried it out, you know, at farmer's markets and man, it did really well, you know what I'm saying? And that allowed us to, we started out with a fold out table, dude. Like, I mean, we we did like 50 orange juice, pressed out ourselves, 50 grapefruit juice, pressed out ourselves, and sold out. Like in a, far, matter a farmer's
0: of, market here in town?
1: No, in McAllen, Okay. Which so it's smaller which than which is, what you see here. Yeah, man. So it was a, a huge risk, I would say. Yeah. But we did it, man. And my wife and I, my wife was in full support. So that's really all I needed as far as support goes. If she gave me that blessing, then I was gonna jump in. And, yeah. And um I mean, you know that can be dude? rare too, super rare, bro, like she's special herself for saying like, you know, we're having a baby we're we're married, <laughs> uh but i you, I see the passion in you for this, so go ahead all all in, of course, I didn't just leave my job right away, you know what I'm saying, I did both i. I still coached, and then on the weekends I would do the farmers markets. Right? How,
0: how did you balance that? Ah, okay, Just because I, I think it's I think it's important. Uh, a lot of the viewers, you know, I have I have a network of a lot of young people that you know they they keep up with what I'm doing, and they say, hey, things, the moves you're making are pretty motivating. But I think it's important to bring you know people like yourself that hey, you you have a brick and mortar here in town, you've done these things right. What um. what what, what did the risks look like? What did the risks look like whenever you? You were leaving, so you you were leaving, ideally, you were leaving the insurance world, mm-hmm. but you had to balance out with coaching, and you had to balance out building the actual business, right? Yeah. So how did that look? Was it weekends that were devoted to squeezers?
1: Yeah, that, that, through that. that was really it, man. It was like, also, in addition to coaching for a school, I also did private uh, coaching lessons, and I started this basketball company, K&S Basketball, too, so... I would do uh, coaching games during the week. I would do morning time farmer's markets, and then I would do afternoon and evening private basketball lessons as well too, because I still have the passion for basketball, and I wanted to teach it and give what I've learned uh, through basketball to the younger younger guys also.
2: So you, you are an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm not trying
1: to throw it back in your face, because
2: I'm sitting here and I'm realizing that But maybe I thought an entrepreneur was somebody who had more failures than successes. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner or a businessman or Warren Buffett.
1: I'm not sure. But that's not really the case. Right. That's what I think of when I hear uh, entrepreneur. I'm thinking about uh, Warren Buffett, Mark Cuban, you know, those guys, those big time guys who are doing it, you know, really, really doing it and taking those risks every day. But they all have to start somewhere also, right? right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, I guess in that sense, man, I I need to start embracing that entrepreneur. Yeah, I think think, uh, you are in a
2: lot of ways, like a community aspect of entrepreneurship, which is, I mean, servant leader or a lot of different attributes along that sort of thinking. I mean, you gotta
1: have that to be able to be the entrepreneur, successful leader, mentor I, I didn't go to school for economics or anything like that either man i just you know you kind of like you pick up things here and there right like um for instance i'm gonna use a basketball reference um michael jordan w- wasn't michael jordan unless he saw julius Irvin. kobe bryant wasn't kobe bryant unless he saw michael jordan LeBron James, or is it LeBron James, unless he saw Kobe Bryant and and so on and so forth. So I just pick and choose different uh, business inspirations, I guess, and uh, kind of follow their blueprint and make my own at the same time, Mm -hmm. as far as like I guess the entrepreneur, the business aspect goes. Right. Right. It it sounds like it. Did you have any uh, mentors? I'm still looking for one till this day. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man, no no mentors, nobody to like really uh, talk to as far as business goes. My father-in-law is a a workaholic dude. Like, I mean, this dude is a workaholic. Like, no other. He's 70 years old, and I mean, he ran hills with me today this morning. He ran hills with me, uh, just trying to like stay in shape and stuff. This dude, Iron Man cyclist, and so I guess like as far as inspiration goes, he's a silent. Uh, Mentor. He doesn't like really talk much as far as like business goes, but his actions are everything. So I just follow those actions as far as like uh, work ethic goes and getting the job done and and kind of applied it. Like I said, uh, as an inspiration of like I guess like the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant reference goes. Right. And applied it to whatever field that I wanted to uh, be successful in, which is now the juice business. And it's been it's worked out for me without him telling me like step by step how to do things. I think that's right. More of a a mentor does that help you in in that sense. Like he gives you like the okay, this is this world of business in this aspect. You you should follow these type of steps in order to be successful. Um, I really haven't had like somebody personally speak yeah. to me about like how to do anything
2: right actions speak louder than words otherwise you're just that what's that one youtube guy ty whatever starts off that youtube video in a garage hi i'm here with my lamborghini and stuff yeah bro. talk
0: about ty lopez it, exactly <laughs> somebody told me i look like him a while back i was like man don't ever say that don't, don't ever tell me that ever again lopez is, but i'll shout out let lopez.
2: everyone comment about that <laughs> <laughs> um So, once you started moving the business to San Antonio, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you had marketing down and you knew what the business was, the brand, the mission, Mm -hmm. but what was it like actually opening the business in San Antonio as far as tapping into resources that the government offers, anything like that?
1: So, we're 100% self-sufficient to this day, uh, and I'm extremely proud of that Uh, no no banks no uh funding no grants no loans no nothing man we 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 looked at our bank statement today man and we, we literally put every dollar that we make right back into the business like literally and I really don't pay attention to that stuff my wife does all of our finances and stuff so I trust her with that stuff but uh, I just really work, right? So when you do see those numbers, you're like, oh, shit, I'm I'm really doing something. And right. we're putting it right back into the business. And I think that's the basis for any successful business is not – I haven't wrote a check for myself ever. I wrote I – wrote, I'm, I'm lying. I had my wife write a check for me one time, but I never cashed it. It was just a feeling of having a check written for you and knowing that you could go cash it, but I never did just because, right. you know, like – we probably needed some extra cups or something like that. So right. I'd rather put that money back into the business. I mean, it's
2: self-sustaining. Like, you're going to go ahead and keep that dream alive by just fueling it.
0: Continuously. Yeah, for sure. So for why sure. take away from it? Yeah. It's, a, it's, pretty, it's pretty noble that, um, and I think it's, a, it's, an, it's an important part of being an entrepreneur, I think, is the idea that, you know, when you're building something, you can't necessarily just pay yourself off the bat. No, right. You got to no, you got to think no, of what's absolutely like, not. What are, you,
1: what are you building? Right. Like I'm building something. And you, ideally, I, you got to be willing to starve yeah. a little bit. Like if you're not starving, you, you, you're you doing it the wrong way, in my opinion. You, right. You're going to come into some type of roadblock, whether it be, like I said, permits to get your business started. Taxes come into play, right? Um, you know, your day-to-day expenses, overhead, you know, all of that stuff comes into play, which are all words that I've just learned, by the way. Like, so, a, a, as far as experience goes, I've learned all these things, um, reading books on entrepreneurship and things like that. But um, yeah, man, you have to think about all those expenses before you can actually pay yourself, dude. If you're paying yourself, man, you're probably gonna run into something, right? you know, is gonna um, not bite you in the ass later, but you could probably need that money for you know.
0: Yeah, the, and most Robin of the time Peter it does. I've I've seen it bite people in the ass. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of so-called entrepreneurs out there that they they uh, as soon as they start making money, you know what they want to do is they want to flaunt it. Yeah, they
1: flaunt it. They want the flash. Yeah, it, bro. they want
0: to they want to put it into the new Audi or they want to you know they want to get. Still drive a Prius. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm the same Prius. way. I,
1: I'm very frugal when it comes to expenses like yeah. that. I just like, think- I'll, I'll spurge on food, though, like, okay. uh, you know, organic food, making sure that we're healthy, my, my family is healthy. Right. stuff like that so that's where our splurges go is on our bodies we, right we, we want to live a, a long life but we want to live a long quality life you know what i'm saying not just a a long life you know being crippled or having somebody have to you know wipe my ass for me later on right right like i want to be able to be like my father-in-law at 70 years old and run yeah. deals with my son whenever i get a chance to Right. I want to be to. I want to live to be 112. Absolutely, bro. But also feel good at yeah, that yeah, age too. Yeah, for sure, man. That's why we put all these uh, good things in our body. Like we we sell, My wife says we sell life at squeezers. Right. We don't just sell juice. We sell life. So you're replenishing your 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 body on a cellular level whenever you're having these juices, whether it be our clean green uh, S A punch, system boost, or whatever you, whatever you need. Uh, you're adding a little bit more vitality to your life. Right. I have, I have a
0: question, um, you know, and I was going to I was going to call a juice shop yesterday and I just didn't get around to it. But um, I've been getting into cold press juices just because I, I have a good friend who's good been making you, these. Uh, he's making these juices and he's like, hey, do you want do you want some? And I'm like, yeah. And he'll give me like 64 ounces at a time. That's a good friend. I'm only. like, yeah, I'm That's like, this friend. stuff's worth like 100 bucks, I think. So I had a question in regards to that. To right. Them. Because, you know, there's a there's as everyone knows, there's covid. COVID-19 that's going around. Um, have you heard any studies or do you know anything about you know if you if you're drinking these juices during during a time when you're sick Super if it can help you in any way or
1: Super great question, dude. Yes. Okay. I'm going to just say yes, it can and it will help you because uh, And we're not we're
0: not doctors here or
1: anything. No, so just abs- a disclaimer the, there, but this is important This is what to I hear. always tell people that we are no experts, we're no doctors, we only know from experience right? Because I drink all of my juice. I drink a a 64 ounce probably every day of uh, whatever juice I feel like. But um, with that being said, you are adding immunity to your body. If you're drinking things like ginger, turmeric, grapefruit juice, a lot of high in vitamin C, high in vitamin D things, you're adding a little bit more defense to your body so that you can try to like Maybe not alkaline your body completely, but you're starting to help your cells be able to fight off anything that comes in. Not not just talking about COVID, but we're talking about uh, um, blood diseases. Um, you know, um, um, overall inflammation. Inflammation for sure, man. Um, you know, Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's, um, and you know things like that, man. Uh, joint health and all that good stuff, bro. You, you, you're not just fighting off COVID you're fighting off any other diseases that you could possibly get the flu and you know yeah and, you know.
0: good deal good deal that's good to know um yeah i personally have some friends and family that have been diagnosed with covid and
1: Damn, man. i'm sorry know, to hear
0: that bro appreciate that so it's it's you know it's it's a battle you know i have i have my background in health but there's not a lot of things that I know how to do, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting ideas from everywhere. And, We're
1: yeah, all you know. students, bro. Yeah. No, nobody knows everything, man. This right. earth is too big for us to know everything, but you can equip yourself with some knowledge that you learn and apply it to your day-to-day right. routines. And that's what we tell people. We don't tell people like, just stop cold, cold turkey eating meat. Stop cold turkey doing the bad things you're doing. Um, we want you to add these things to your diet so that it at the first and at the very least helps with that digestion process of getting all of that junk out of your digestive system. Yeah, we we put a lot of junk in. And, And for most people, they don't even know, we're holding about 15 pounds of waste in our lining. Wow. You know, without even doing anything. So once you are consuming these juices, adding a lot of water to your body, that, that stuff starts to clean out and then, you know, you can start that process. Your body's going to yearn for it after that, too. It's just like McDonald's. Like, you eat McDonald's, your body starts craving McDonald's. But if you drink juice and eat healthy, your body will crave that. You just have to give it a chance to, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're rebooting your whole system whenever you are drinking these juices or adding some health to your body. Um, your body will yearn for it.
2: it. Reminds me of another question.
1: Was this area a food desert
2: before... Squeezer Scott here.
1: I wouldn't necessarily say a food deficit because there is access to different places like. Um uh, produce plants, Chicho Boys, uh, River City Produce, and things like that. It's just people don't really know where to get these things from. So it's like a lack of education on where to get your food from versus like be, it being an actual food desert
2: versus convenience yeah, of right, right whatever's right. fastest and right uh, there.
1: That new there's a new um, H uh, E B on Flores. That place kind of helps because okay. it's like for the community. Like I said, Chicho I Boys, walk there and everything. Yeah, River, River City Produce are all for the community. And, uh, you know, have really great price things, really great price things to um, help the community get on that wave of health and wellness. Good deal. Chicho Boys, that's the one over
0: there outside of um,
1: 35. Was it not
0: 35? Yeah, that's 35. 35.
1: Right on the other side of 35. Not Laredo, but uh, you go down Ceballos and uh, right after 35. What it's on there right what the, do those guys run a market or do they run a? Yeah, uh... it's like a, a produce market. Um, and they're the, um, little brother to River City Produce. River City Produce is the produce plant and they okay. have like all kinds of produce and then uh, Chicho Boys is the- Yeah, I see, I see, I've seen their trucks all the time. Yeah, man, they're, they're good guys over there, good people over there. We really appreciate doing business with them.
2: Light was killing me today, little. sorry about that.
1: Yeah, I know, man, I'm feeling
0: it. Um, let's go I mean, forward It's, it's fitting actually to be
2: sitting in this heat and it's like San Antonio and we're talking about health and- Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I like to think that heat is good for festering sit in the heat, think, it's a little too much
0: sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to the question about, uh, Greg, I know you, I know you, you formulated a few questions here yeah. and I see a question on hiring local youth, mm-hmm. um, Amen. and offering, you know, the responsibility to
1: these employees and, oh, bro, nice. and teaching them what, what, what's the, what's the approach on that? Uh my first ever employee in San Antonio was this kid named, uh, Dom, um, he was uh, 15, he came in with his parents, mom and dad, they both got some juices and stuff. And uh, this eager kid was like, uh, hey man, uh, can, I, can I help out here, can I get a job here? He didn't have a job or anything like that. I was like, man, I was like, so what do you do? He's an athlete at Brackenbridge High School. He was just about to um, start his season and stuff. And I was like, man, yeah, you can uh, come, come by tomorrow and we'll see how you do. Well, he didn't know tomorrow was like one of our uh, launches for squeezers. <laughs> you're like you're about to work, bro. Whoo! And i mean be ask him, man. He probably made between me, him, and um, uh, my other homie. We probably made over a hundred to a hundred and fifty juices that day. Wow! This out we, of the mobile unit? No, this was out of Proban uh, okay. Proban House, and I mean, he. I mean, he worked excellent. Uh, put his head down and kept it going. Didn't complain at all. Really didn't even ask for a break or anything like that. And that kid's been with us now for like four years. He's he's at our uh, South Alamo location right now. And a, probably one of our best customer service people ever, fam. Like, you, you don't hear that much, man. No, nah, that kid is a beast. Though. You don't like, hear that I, much. I really like him, man. And then that led on to me being more comfortable with giving other kids jobs. All right, that's what I was about to so ask. Like, uh, when I say kids, I'm 37 years old fam. like, these kids are like 20 years old now, so I say kid, but like, right. they all got responsibilities of their own, whether it be school, like I said, sports obligations or just like family obligations, but they're really down for the cause of what we're doing and, and, and providing health and wellness and great service to the community. And I only, I mean, not that I only hire a certain type of person, but I hire people that are relatable to San Antonio. That's what I always found when
2: I went in, that whoever was there, even if they were under 18, which Mm -hmm. to me was surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respectful,
1: remembered me. 100%. um, 100%. Because we sell sell an experience. We don't sell juice. We sell an experience at Squeezers, and it's like um, you come in here and you're going to get that same treatment no matter who you are. I don't care if you're the biggest celebrity or or the the lowest of the low type of person. Have you had any celebrities? It's not about that, but I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had a few few. Uh, Southtown, right? Yeah, well-known people come in there and and um, you know get some juice every once in a while. We know uh, we
0: know who who's uh who's the local celebrity that lives in in Southtown now. It's Patty Mills, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know actually. Or he's like the first well, he's the first Spurs player I think that bought a property. Oh really? Outside, uh, uh what is it outside of downtown?
1: Actually, yeah, he did. He he did come into our shop one time. Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, he has been into our shop, and uh, him and his his wife. He does a hell of a job to support local. Oh man, locals, they they're man. really uh, good people. Um, you know, well mannered and respectful people, man. And came into the shop, had some juice. They used to have a chef that comes in there and, and gets juice for them. Nice. Also, so yeah, man, they, they're good people. They're good people. I remember. I remember the one encounter that I had with them. Uh, and into the shop yeah and the shop is stylish it's um for the culture bro <laughs> but
2: sure. it also feels like a uh like a, a south press art gallery too sometimes <laughs> thank you the you, way you have the, we, we, like everything we, yeah when we
1: first opened up that's what uh on alamo we first opened up people would walk by and was like what is this place is it a art gallery or you know is it a the ps3 or something that you had at the one on proband yeah yeah and um you know we always let them know now we're a juice bar but yeah we do have art on from local artists on, nice. the, on the walls only local artists on the walls and and uh man we we love art and uh yeah man we we try to like create a like i said the experience the squeeze it all goes into the squeezers experience right it seems like the community has always received you guys well They've been pretty good about it, yeah, man, and and very appreciative of the community. And when you say the community, I mean like the community, like the, oh. the real San Antonians, the the um, the people who are born and raised here, who know me either from playing basketball back in the day or just being who are, um, being a, a business owner now and uh, trying to support me in any way they can. They've been awesome about it, man.
2: That's so part of what you bring back is that local establishment that can provide a resource to the local yeah.
1: people who live yeah, blocks sure. within you uh, away from you yeah man uh, walking distance all the way south and then down north uh, of course you know that uh i don't know how long you've been in Southtown, but um south Town's face the facelift has changed in the past oh, yeah. five six years like no other dramatically man yeah it definitely and, has uh you know along with taxes and things like that has changed. Right. So that brings in a whole new customer base. Uh, and uh, the, the people that are here now have really adapted to our ways in San Antonio and, and have been really uh, supportive as well. So like I said, man, Squeezes is for everybody. We welcome anybody and everybody from all walks of life to come in and, and um, have a, a juice and, and we coin ourselves as a distressory like that, yeah, I so like that. It, What's it. that
0: principle? Wh- wh- tell us about that. What's the principle behind the stress rate?
1: So we, we uh, tell everybody, check your ego at the door first, employees first, and uh, owners also check our, all of us check our uh, egos at the door. And then we pass that along to our uh, guests that come in. We tell them, check your ego at the door, whatever stresses that you have, leave it outside, come inside, cool off, have some juice, try to like revitalize your body de-stress, mm-hmm. and then go back out there and deal with whatever you got to deal with with a whole new mind frame. So uh, the the word de stressory came to play like uh, when we had the pro band house. Right. Uh,
2: it takes me back, because I would go to the pro band house. I'd go in and uh, order the oh, beat. And go sit under a tree.
1: Yeah, bro. Yes. Oh, that that tree was everything. Man, we had a nice shaded tree with a nice lawn furniture, a good garden outside that we uh, kept really well with like watermelon, cucumbers and things like that. Oh, nice. Super dope. This super dope spot. I I love that spot. Um, And people would just sit out there and chill, man. Just like really relax, read a book, um, you know, associate with people, talk a little bit and drive off and go about their day. Yeah.
0: So, it seems, Keith, it seems like, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you you do, a, I mean, yeah, the community supports you, but it seems like you do a lot of support for the community as well. You open your doors to a lot of people. I know uh, a couple of entrepreneurs that have, you know, you've allowed them to put their product in your store oh, before, yeah. Yeah, sure. and uh, I, th- I think that's big. What's the importance of giving back to, you know, when you have a platform like you do, what's the, what's the importance or what's the significance behind Opening a platform up for others to kind of join you on that on that on that pedestal and you know raise others up. How do you I, feel about that?
1: I feel uh, great about it, man. Cause I try to tell people like, let's all work together, mm-hmm. right? Let's all work together. You you're not gonna work for me. I'm not gonna work for you. But we're gonna work together. And when I see people who come in like and have this new product, whether it be like facial creams or um, you know T-shirts or um, you know whatever else they they're selling they come in with passion and really believe in what they say what they're doing i see a little bit of myself from back in the day in in those people the same thing with roy like i saw a lot of myself in him because he was so enthusiastic about what he was doing really really believed in what they were doing and so like i if i have a shelf that i mean it probably has like i don't know whatever else on it but we can have a local artist come in and put put on that shelf or a local entrepreneur come in and, and um have a display shelf, I think it helps them realize their dream of, you know, owning their own uh a lot faster than they would of trying to get it into like a corporate store. Just right. that one table brings the community back into your Absolutely, store. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, yeah. So uh we we love um you know people doing for themselves and not having to always outsource to get what they want. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Um, should we move on to the next set of questions? Yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get a little. Uh... I, wonder,
1: well,
2: I <laughs> wanted to ask before. Yeah. Um, what other sorts of things have you done to partner with the community? So, there's sponsoring um, with your studio space and
1: offering that up, mm-hmm. and then there's mm-hmm. what else? I, I would there's argue. um, you know, fit fairs. There's back to school events when it before COVID um, mm-hmm. hit. Uh, that we, we do the, a lot of the things at Hemisphere Park where Hemisphere has been really good to us also. Gosh. They allow us to put our truck there every once in a while when they're having events mm-hmm. and it brings more awareness to what's going on as far as health and wellness goes and gives everybody an option to, uh, you know, have something a little bit more healthier in their lives. Um, there's different, like, events like Ciclovia, uh rock and roll marathons, and, you know, other... Um, um, community organizations, I can't name them all off the top of my head right now that have come in and like, uh, we've given uh, batches of juices to their Very youth. Nice. And um, uh, like Salvation Army, Haven for Hope one in particular, we, when COVID hit, those people didn't have access to um, healthier things. So I think we we um, boxed up like shit, a few hundred uh, wellness shots Wow! and gave it to them just so they can, uh, you know, have a little bit more health and wellness in their bodies because, shit, they they didn't have access to, you know, the everyday thing that we do, you know. And they get quite a bit of traffic through there. Oh, man, they get a lot of traffic, Yeah, a lot of traffic, so... Uh, yeah, shout out uh, Haven for Hope.
0: Haven for Hope. If, if you're watching this, you're not from San Antonio. Haven for Hope is a uh, it's a it's a homeless shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Ideally in downtown San Antonio, yeah. but they house anywhere. I mean, at a time, it's like 100 to 300. I don't 400? even
1: know, dude. I don't even know, but it's a lot of people, families, right. uh, single women, you know, children that are lost on the streets, men who are trying to like better themselves. Uh, they they do a great thing for the community, and that's one of my um, focuses that I want to. Uh, give back to when I get an even bigger platform is to not just Haven for Hope, but to any like homeless um, shelter or, or homeless person in particular uh, to try to like help them out in some type of way, whether it be mental services that we can mental health services that we can right. provide, or or um, you know I don't know job helping them find jobs, really
2: things, helping man. them get them back on their feet, or something. One hundred like. percent, man. And health and nutrition goes a long way. Absolutely, man. Because How do I... There's a lot of... I grew up Hispanic. And I grew up with a lot of my family being ignorant. There we go. That's the easiest way to say it. Ignorant about a lot of the nutrition they put in their body. Before, we were talking about my mom. Oh, yeah. Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) She's a woman who wouldn't drink water for years, days at a time. And it was just ignorance. But I see a lot of locals going into your shop, and they don't have that ignorance.
1: Yeah, man. I I mean... uh are another one of the things that we say is that we make healthy taste good. So like for people like your mom and my mom and my grandma who are on that old school way of thinking about healthy nutrition, they come into the shop and they taste a a Valley Girl for instance, which is um, pineapple, orange juice, grapefruit juice, lemon and lime, and they taste that in life this is healthy like oh okay I could do this It's good and and it's good So they you know they start to change the mentality but you you have to do it slowly man you can't force it down uh, those people and I know from experience my mom and and my grandma man you can't force it on them you have to like really can't slip it in there sneak it in there
2: that's something I had heard from Roy actually about him working with um, Deb and him getting to uh, his own grandma down there, and starting to take CBD, and it was always a sneak. Yeah, sneak it in. Oh, I, was, I wouldn't
1: sneak in CBD on my grandma and my mom because they that was probably kick <laughs> my ass or something. But <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man. No, just the nutritional factors of health and wellness, like you know, uh, telling them like, oh no, man, we're not gonna go to uh, eat Popeyes today. We're gonna go to Squeezers. <laughs> it's just right. as simple as that like really go to squeezers. Really soft, uh,
2: you mentioned the COVID and coronavirus what is it like what has it been like at this time
1: oh man this uh, COVID shit is it's really disheartening because you don't know what's going on yeah. the average non-medical professional does not know what's going on You, all you can do is watch the news, hear your homies talk about it.
0: And hope that the news and the and the people that are on TV are telling you the right things. Praying right, We hear a it, lot right? of like
1: mixed signals all the oh, time man. and I'm just like, but, you know, what's right? Yeah, but with all of that going on, we started doing like curbside serving, doing, okay, doing okay. things like that, uh, call in and call in orders and stuff like that. Um, so it, it helps with their scare of being inside of a, a building setting and we just come out and, and take care of them with our masks, gloves, right. and, and uh, as precautious as we can. I,
2: I saw it as a moment for not just small businesses or restaurants to step up, but for everyone to step up and start being more responsible about certain things. Yeah, for sure. Health included. Yeah, for sure.
1: As we touch the mics with no gloves. <laughs> 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 no, right? Just right, right? Yeah, just joking, man. No, but um, yeah, dude, uh, with, with the COVID, uh, people, and it's been a blessing and a curse, right? Because right. people are now taking their health a lot more serious than they did before. Oh, this and is true. And I see it in San Antonio. If right. it, and if it's happening in San Antonio, man, the rest of the country is definitely follow suit. Because people are like, well, shit. Maybe I do need to take this uh, ginger and pineapple shot because I want to have some yeah. vitality to my life and help my body fight off viruses and sicknesses and stuff like that. So, uh, with this COVID, there's a lot more awareness to being uh, more health conscious. And I, I mean, uh, squeezes their Yeah, and squeezes has been here every step of the way to be here as an outlet for you uh, to have something a little bit more nutritious added to your diet. Uh, right. Big ginger and turmeric guys. Oh man, I love ginger and turmeric. I put that in those valley girls. It's it's bomb. Oh my gosh. I love ginger. <laughs> turmeric. I actually
0: had some turmeric rice yesterday.
1: You had what? Turmeric oh, rice? Yeah, fire. Fire. It's
0: good.
2: What else was in it?
0: Um well that's all that was in the rice that I know of. And then I had some uh what is it, white beans with garbanzo, rosemary.
1: Garbanzo beans. Or no, they
0: like weren't they weren't garbanzo. I, got, I actually got them at Zoe's or Zoe's or Zoe's Zoe's kitchen. Zoe's is that his kitchen?
2: I just really, sometimes I'm being funny about it, but I'm really big about certain superfoods like ginger and turmeric because they're anti-inflammatories. And, okay, take dairy, for example. Yeah, man. We're not really supposed to be drinking cow-provided dairy as humans. No, our goats. Right. And goats. it's something that we've been doing since we were children
1: because. We've been taught that from the previous generations. And somebody like put all a carton of milk in front of us all We know, but um, now there's so many alternatives. Like, we do, we're a completely dairy free uh facility, but we make smoothies and smoothie bowls. So, with that, we add oat milk. Oat milk is delicious, bro. Like, I mean, uh, for anybody who is trying to convert over to a, a different alternative milk, I, I suggest oat milk wholeheartedly. That's what I was gonna ask because there's cashew milk, almond milk, yeah, for sure. all those coconut. Are, I think, um, uh, oat milk to me is the most like that old school cow milk, like flavor and texture that you're looking for. Cause that's what most people say is like, oh, I can't have, I, I can't drink uh, 2% or I can't drink another form of milk because I need that whole milk flavor or something like that. And I'm like, all right, man, try this out. And you know, without telling them that it's uh, oat milk or what brand of milk it is, they they like it. And like, oh shit, I could do this. Yeah. But they never tried it. All right. That's another thing squeezers is
2: doing getting people to try things absolutely and never to try yeah. yeah
1: and that's our, our whole thing in being the uh juice bar or health source that is uh for the people yeah we're, we're really for the people by the people seriously right seriously <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds a little uh cliche or whatever but it's it's true it's true yeah that's what it feels like i
2: think there's we want to touch on nineteen and also, the city itself right now, um, there's a lot that is going on, a lot of precautions, but have you, have you felt any opposition to safety measures
1: from customers or anybody like that? Not at all, bro. Because if you're coming in to get juice, you're usually a health conscious person, right. Right? right? Or you're somebody who's trying to be more health conscious. So nobody, nobody ever comes in and says, uh, I'm not wearing my mask. <laughs> right? What? right? Uh, they, and if they don't have a mask, we don't turn them away at all. We tell them just hang out right here. We'll have somebody come out with a mask on, with gloves on to take care of you. And, and we do, and right. then, you know, do the little spray down, wipe it down, throw some alcohol or peroxide on the tables, wipe them down really good, wipe down our chairs and stuff just to make sure that we are safe also. And the next person coming in is safe. Yeah, right. Yeah, low, yo, low key. Let me just say this also, man. And I, I'm not gonna say his name, but we've had we had the first COVID case. Uh, recorded in San Antonio, come to our shop after they had been self-quarantined for oh, no way. 18 days, but officially by the CDC, come into our shop and get some juice. I won't say their name and put them on blast or anything like that, but they said that, um, you know, coming in and getting juice was refreshing, and they, they missed our juices, and they believed that it kind of helped them get over what was going on. So, right. like I said, I'm no doctor. This is just from accounts of our uh, guests that come in. Right. And I...
2: I'll give you a little bit more credit than that, or at least a juice, but real organic or I don't know if it's organic, organic. The point all is natural. it's, it's real, all natural, all natural yeah. fruit yeah. and what it has and what it does for you makes you better, makes you physically, biologically better improves proves things. It's
1: proof, man. It's like, I, I mean, there's no easier way to say it than that. Yeah. It's just like it is what it is. Like we, it, it's not a selling point, man. It's just it right. really is like that. That's what I want to take away from this before we move on is that, I mean, there's,
2: you could say something like, oh, I mean, whether you believe in science or not, no, these are hard facts about facts, what you put in your body, facts. True that. Last episode, we were speaking about racism and what feels like the American divide, um, it, it starts with something like COVID, and it, you start to feel it in little ways. People who want to wear a mask and people who don't. Mm-hmm. Then in the past few weeks, between the murder of George Floyd and stories of police brutality continuing, there's still things occurring every day. What impact does it have on you as a small business owner?
1: Recipes to all of those who have uh, fallen in the... Um Case of injustice and uh, senseless violence in America. It's a really um, close, closeness subject. I'm a black man, six feet seven inches tall, 260 pounds on a on a good day. To the average American, I'm America's worst nightmare. Very intimidating, but all in the stature, I open my mouth, I'm articulate, you know, I, uh, I've been educated, been around the world. And so I can talk to and relate to a bunch of different people. But when you first see me, it's like, oh, shit, tattoos. And, you know, oh, shit, who who is this guy? and what is he bring? So um, I could be George Floyd. Like, really, I really could be George Floyd. Um, it takes one bad thing. One bad moment for it to go south extremely quick and and, uh, when you are dealing with police officers who have previously had uh, encounters with other people and um, they already have a a switch in their head for somebody like me, right? because uh whatever past experiences or whatever they know about what they've done in in the past so when they approach me or when they see me it's already like oh shit like yeah they're already they're already treating you already, like they they like, you know they've dealt with you before from the jump man from the jump um so to to go back with the 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 question that you asked man it's it's just fucking tough bro like i'm mad, I'm sad, I'm fucking angry, I wanna fucking go, you know, do whatever, I, um, burn down shit and tear shit up and talk shit about the PDEs and all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, does that help? Like, I mean, you really have to ask yourself, is that gonna help? Or is using my platform as Squeezers to repost, share, uh, get people to go vote, and try to change some of these injustices that are going on in America in a a more like strategic way.
2: Right. right, Now is the moment we have this chance to actually learn something. To all those who don't want to listen, there's
1: only so much you can do. Yeah, bro, like- Use the platform though, you have. You have to, man, you have to use whatever platform. If you believe in something, you really need to use whatever platform you have, whether it's like uh, taking a risk to lose customers, Cause that like, when when I do that I'm taking a, a risk like to lose guests but I mean if they they gotta be you know do other things and so be it but right. I'm gonna stand up for what I believe in especially as a black man in America what the fuck would I look like <laughs> right what would I look like man not standing up for my people bro like I I would be fucking disheartened I would be disappointing all of my ancestors that came before me you know what I'm saying like. This isn't by chance for me to have this platform. It's it's been given to me because I've been, you know, um, you know, working hard all this time and and uh, you know, um, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of being black. I'm proud of being an entrepreneur. I'm proud of being a um a businessman. I'm proud of being a husband. I'm proud of being a father. Uh, I'm proud of being a brother. Uh, you know, and all that good stuff. I need to stand up for all of the people that are within my circle. I have to, I have to, so, uh, you know, I do it.
0: Right. I think, I think it's important as, uh, as business owners and as any, any, like you said, people with, you know, when we have a platform, you know, we're going to, no one's ever going to agree. I've, I've learned that back in high school. Nobody is ever going to agree with you on every single thing. You're going you're gonna to have people, you know, talk shit whether you make the right choice, and people just don't agree with the right choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think it's important to speak up. Kind of like you said. Have to. Bro. It's important to speak up because, yeah. you know,
1: there's people. There's and no I appreciate people. y'all for this platform right here, man, to even be able to say something and give to even y'all's uh, fan base, your fan base, and let them know my perspective on what's going on in America today. I really appreciate that from y'all, seriously, and allowing me to speak freely about it.
0: Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's important. I know Greg thinks it's important. When he uh, when he mentioned, "Hey, let's bring Keith on," I was like, Thank "Let's you. do it."
1: Thank um, you, brother. Appreciate
0: that. It's okay.
2: I'm really. I can't emphasize it enough. Like now is the time to use the stories of people who are out here in the community making a difference and not doing it for themselves. Like Squeezers means that to me, and that's why it made sense because. Everything it's doing is for whatever's around it, and it fuels itself. Sorry, I just right, yeah, said. no, that. man. Um,
1: you, you you hit the nail on the head, bro. It's it's really about. It's bigger than myself. It's bigger than my wife. Squeezers is a um, a place, like I said, where the, everybody can come together. Black, white, Mexican, Asian, uh, whatever demographic you come from. Like I said, you check your ego at the door, mm-hmm. then you come in have your juice de stress and then leave with a different perspective on life whether it be the one side or another you know what i'm saying whatever side that you choose in squeezers we're all unified together and um we we are like a safe zone for everybody to come together and not bring any political views and you know uh, racial views or anything like that you just come in there man and really leave the worries of the world behind
0: right I think, uh, so the last episode I had mentioned, um, I had dealt with some, uh, in college, I had dealt with some, you know, tensions between getting pulled over by police, um, you know, more than three times in a span of like two months, because I had a shaved head and I was really dark brown at the time. And um, got to a point where I was like, man, it's not a coincidence I keep getting pulled over. What, uh, What difficulties or encounters have you had because of your race? Growing up, whether it's here or not in San Antonio,
1: if you've had any, shit, I have, bro. Like, like I said, man, I'm, I am who I am, and people either are going to uh, like me or not like me, and some people are brave enough to voice their opinions about my, my uh, appearance. Um, I mean, mainly in um, um, starting in like junior high when I started to really feel that like racial, and it didn't let me let me just say this also it didn't come from white people that's a thing bro like it didn't come from white people it was my Latino brothers so I was gonna ask this is yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was my Latino brothers you got to understand man like I said I was the only black kid in a lot of these classes sometimes until I got to S.H. Gates and Martin Luther King uh middle school but before that I was the only black kid I'm a I'm a a man also so you know my the latin women were just like that was my only choice like i right. didn't have another choice <laughs> right. right right so when i was uh you know dating or or you know taking interest into my, my latin homies as much as they liked me before hated that right. shit they hated right. that so they didn't want to see me with uh one of their uh, one I, of their I'm girls even their girls but one yeah. of their you know people and me liking it so I would get the, um, you know, Pinche Negro, uh, (laughs) like, and all that other stuff. And I only know Pinche Negro because it's been (laughs) (laughs) so many times. You've engraved it in your head. uh, But, you know, man, um, I didn't ever take it to heart, man. I still dated whoever I wanted to. And if somebody had a problem, what's up? Right. Right? Um, Now, uh, I think people are used to seeing me. I, my wife is uh, Colombian and, and Mexican. Um, her Colombian side is all Africa fam, like, you know, all Africa, Colombia, coastal Colombia. Um, but her, her um, Mexican side is uh, Colima, Mexico. So like in Colima, Mexico, they didn't have a drop of darkness right in colima bro so yeah so it's uh you know both sides so now they see me walking with her it's a little bit more accepted but now we have you know i also got that other side of caucasians who don't like me you know for whatever reason or or whatnot they um you know they're gonna send their jabs and throw their shots and all that stuff but man I, i really don't pay attention unless somebody touches me then it's a different story you can right. say whatever you want to say from afar and keep running and shit, but, right. like, you ain't going to, if you disrespect me, you know, to my face or my family, it's a whole different story. Um, so, like, yeah, man, I've been through it all, bro, from um, racial slurs to mistreatment of of cops and, um, you know, being pulled over. Like you said, but shit for driving while black. And, right. You know, um, them, you uh, having to relearn what they've learned before about black people and i i try to be that um that light that they can see like oh shit you know uh black people aren't bad <laughs> <Yes>. right <laughs> like we we are are actually a, a influencer of the world man like you know most of our cultural aspects have been either stolen or um you know, used to be whoever they, uh, you know, artists or be or athletes or be or can be and, you yeah. know, activists can be. There's know?
2: this uh, book I read once called The History of White People. Mm-hmm. And it was... It's a real book? It's a real book <laughs> by an anthropologist. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I think that's what the guy told me and gave it to me outside the street. It was basically explaining how white people, Caucasians, blue-eyed, blond haired people actually come from like brown people who oh, are here yeah, first
1: bro. yeah i mean of course and yeah. i it's just people it's, uh, who don't
2: know that will hold that over your we're head we're in a
1: reawake a new awakening uh for everybody bro like it's a whole new awakening and it's a shift in the universe and now it's a shift on on earth of uh what's going on and and uh um, that's why tensions are so high right now because they don't want to give up that power that privilege mm. right what the fuck would you want to give up that privilege for? Right. my wife really made me realize that it's like keith would you want to give up all of the privileges that you had if you had a head start before everybody? You got to really think about that, would you?
2: And what no, would I you mean, sacrifice it, it becomes, in becomes really you sinister. Don't. You don't, you don't yeah, want like to, her. you
1: don't want to. So now that they have to give up those privileges and really acknowledge like, damn, these black people and these brown people are doing something major. They're doing major things and we have to like acknowledge it and we have to give credit for where we came from. The building of America was built on our backs. Right, it's true. I love
2: it. I, I want to
1: add something because I didn't
2: say this last time, Yeah, but racism for me growing up wasn't ever the um, conflict of racism. Somebody yelling something at me. Where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Houston, oh, in Sharpstown, yeah. oh, funny on, enough. I like, yeah, man. But, but it was... I, I, I got a lot because I was light complexed mm-hmm. and because my parents or my mom really tried to make me grow up white oriented in a mm-hmm. way. I I often got the hidden racism or the, the racism that. What, is, what does that mean? White oriented. Yeah, wh- they literally my par- my parents wanted me to be as American as possible, because they wanted me to have something Caucasian American. Because they wanted me to have privilege. Yeah, bro. bro. It's backwards. Like they didn't realize that. Oh, if we try to make you a certain way, which is to make you not Mexican, mm-hmm. you can get privilege.
1: But it don't work like that because as soon as you get pulled over as a privileged Mexican or a privileged Black person, the cop is going to see you as a the Black world person changes. without that privileged word in front of it. Right? I don't care okay. how much money you got. Right? Like they still going to see you as just a, you know, whatever it is you are. And that's why a lot of
2: the time I got racism that surprised me because it was never to my face. Uh, I went to an like, all-boys Catholic school, a lot of white kids, and I remember being out in PE, and these two guys are talking about Mexicans. Just going to town on beaners and spicks, and right, like, I can't believe they are even letting them into this school. They just didn't know I was Mexican. So it's just like, really? You would say that in front of anybody?
1: I've had to
0: beat some kids up in high school, man.
1: It it, it sucks. Not bro. kidding. Like it sucks to have to defend that right. part of yourself. Like why should you have to even defend that part of yourself? You're, we're listen. If aliens came down here right now, we're a human race, right? If aliens gonna look at the white man, black man, uh, Mexican man, Asian man, and be like, oh, you're human. We're aliens you know and that's it right and that's the simplest way to put all of this people need to really wake up and realize this is a human race and not a um, caucasian race mexican race and black race this is a human race homie like right we're all, we're all human if i get cut open right now i cut you open i cut you open and a white man open we all gonna bleed red blood
2: right do you think a renaissance is possible after soon Soon it's happening
1: you know? it we're in the midst of it right now that's why well, that's, there's a uproar. that's why it's such an uproar. we it's happening right now that's why it's so difficult like i said for them to give up that privilege like we're in a whole new shape of the world bro like whole new shape because right. otherwise the revolution is what it is and that's sort of violent when we say revolution, that that word has been misconstrued because when people are revolutionizing something, they're they're really just changing something for a different perspective um, than what it was before. So the revolution of um, you know um, Black Lives Matter is a little intimidating for people because we're taking such pride in who we are. Uh, like, what are we supposed to do? Sit down and continuously let. People get killed on the streets, right. broad daylight with cameras yep. on them. You can't ignore 500, 600 years of
0: history and baggage. It's sad that it, it has to, uh, you know, it, it's always it, it, what, it, what it feels like to me when I look at the history books. It feels like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a resurgence or there's a reawakening, but then things calm down. And then whoever the, uh, the lawmakers are, whoever is in power of takes advantage of the idea that everything's dwindled down and no change is ever done right mm-hmm. but i think now more than ever i think we're at a point where people aren't really going to accept that anymore right they're going to they're going to reanalyze like come november they're going to analyze whatever it is when it comes to voting time but even after that i think the following year people are going to begin to look back they're going to be they're going to begin to get a little more strategic and you know kind of what's happening and my hopes is that there's a there's a uh, at those points where where people aren't held accountable, my hopes is that there is revolt that, that brings the conversation back to change is made. Like, changes is, need, is needed to be made. There has to be turnover. There has to be
2: turnover. Yeah, yeah for I sure. I do,
0: I, I agree. And a, lot, I a lot of people, that. you know, they, they don't see that as healthy. Like, I've gotten into so many conversations with people where they're like, um, they don't think that the, the whole movement is healthy, that people are protesting. They're like, oh, well, that's not healthy. And I'm like, well, you have no idea like what? What it is to inspire change within something?
1: I mean, what things aren't always pretty. What's healthy to them? Like, what's the ladder? Then I continuously just... let what's going on happen. Like, uh, is that healthy? Like, that's that's not good, bro. Like, People don't right?
2: want change. They don't
1: want to be disturbed. Really, what what I think it is, and I have a, a conversation with my wife, who's my best friend. So we talk all the time. I, I think it's just um, owning up to what they have done, right? Nobody wants to take responsibility. It's like, oh, well, I didn't bring slaves over or, you know, I didn't kill that black man or I didn't kill that Mexican guy. Like, so why should I have to change what I'm doing? We're not saying that you have to change it, but you have the power to Say something about that black guy getting killed, that Mexican guy getting killed. You have the power to tell your elected officials, tell your parents who are the elected officials, uh, you know, to do something about this. Invoke change within your immediate circle and the rest will follow.
2: Right. That's why I I think that you have to start with
0: the immediate people around you before you can go anywhere else would change yeah you're gonna have to piss some friends off you i mean I, I i've pissed so many friends
1: <laughs> off it's unbelievable i but. mean like and, and and trust me man it, whether it be next year five years from now ten years from now those friends are gonna look at look back and say fuck dude i, I was really oh, yeah. wrong for you know not agreeing with or not even like opening the dialogue to be able to talk about what they're feeling Right. I can admit it's starting to worry me a little bit. What's that?
2: So I think it's worth bringing up. Um, I don't think he'll watch this. It's okay. (laughs) I have a friend who is an avid supporter of the president. Mm -hmm. And in that way, like, doesn't necessarily think the things he does is good, but likes the things he does because he feels that's what a leader should do.
0: Just an example, what, what has he said that, uh, that a leader should do?
2: Um, I'll give you another example, which is an observation he had. And we're in this group, in this group chat, oh, I always forget about the mic. We're in this group chat, and a friend sends a video of a black man in an Alabama Walmart, and people are going at him. They're just attacking him, berating him, calling him things. And it's so unnatural and so weird and eerie because he's being very polite and filming it all, and they won't stop. And it's like five or six people surrounding this man. friend sends this to us and says, I'm starting to get scared. And my other friend says, there's nothing to be scared about. about People are bored because of the coronavirus. This will all change in a few weeks. And that, to me, was...
1: A real moment of... Well, that's what I mean by people not wanting to take responsibility for what's going on. You know what I'm saying? The coronavirus is a good excuse for those who are right ignorant about what's going on to say, oh, it's the COVID. People it's always are, a deflection story. I feel people like... People are going crazy because of COVID, not because of racial tension. Yeah. But it's not, I mean for people that know they know what's up you know what I'm saying right and we just have to like continue on the path that we are on and not really worry about those people so much right uh, because like I told him like y- your people are going to come back to you eventually man there there is a, a renaissance happening you know, uh, a resurge of um the thought process of people at least and, and uh you know, what's going on in, in America and the rest of the world is highlighted like no other now. So they, they can't ignore it for that much longer, even if right? they try.
2: <laughs> I think in San Antonio at least. I'm going to start here. I think we're going to be going in a good direction. I, I feel like from
1: people I see and surround myself with. I mean, uh, have, were you down here for any of the protests? Uh, Not directly, just okay. in the area, but in so theater. like. Uh, if you were at those protests or drove by, I'm, I live downtown, I live in San Antonio, so I'm, I'm, I'm in it every day, right? Uh, the night before the first protest that happened in San Antonio, me, my wife, my kids are driving down Alamo on the way to Broadway, and we pass up the, the historical Alamo. And I kid you not, there were 10 Caucasian gentlemen outside that I got to count. Right. AR-15 rifles all out, right. Ready for I guess war because why yeah. would you have an AR-15 out? They were ready for war. I mean, the claim
0: the claim was that they were protecting
1: the Alamo. The Alamo? Alamo? What do you mean? Didn't they do that in the battle? <laughs> Did we lose? But <laughs> well, that's didn't, not the point. It's... Like, didn't they do that in the battle? What are you protecting now?
0: Yeah, I I, I, I personally I don't know I don't know the guys who were down there, um, but I know people that. That defended that and I'm just thinking you know you, you' got a lot of people that are feeling a lot of a lot of pain right now right there, there's protests I was in the protests by the way nice, nice. but um, there's a lot of people and, and these people will never know this because they, they've never they've never walked in those footsteps of walking with you know I, I have black friends that were in tears and you know when you walk like that you, you feel you feel that pain so my, my question was, why the hell would you go in front of yeah whatever natural uh, natural historical place it was? But why would you go there with AR-15s when you're a completely different race? Where these you know there's people that feel oppressed by your race. Mm-hmm. Why would you go there and try to prove? To me, it's provoking something.
1: You're trying so. to provoke I something. I say the same thing, bro. Like they're waiting for something right. to happen in their favor so they can shoot. Right. I, I think that's an act of hate. What, what do you need a gun for? Even if it's like not an automatic rifle, like what do you need a gun for? What are you defending? If you have a voice, that's your voice. You 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 are allowed in in America, America's Constitution. You're allowed freedom of speech.
0: Right. Or or or, or at the end of the day, you know, let the police do their work. Let the police protect you. Right. right. What exactly. the fuck gives you the, the? What what makes you feel oh, so compelled no. that you got to put a yeah. vest on? And carrier and I'm a gun advocate, I'm a gun owner, but what makes you so compelled that you have to go out there and flaunt your gun? Did
1: any of the protesters have guns on them, the protesters?
0: Um, I mean... I'm sure some had concealed, but nobody. Conceal, but nobody yeah, was, uh, yeah. Nobody around. was nobody was walking around like trying to flaunt this. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. a big difference. Like it's a huge, difference. Yeah. huge difference. Because right. in, te- we're in Texas, you're allowed your gun. Right, right, right. And right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm all for it, protecting yourself and stuff like that. But I'm not gonna walk in Walmart holding my Glock out because I feel like it. Because you can do it. Well, because I can do it. Right. Mm. I wouldn't even do it. And right? that's
2: but, but why like, no this didn't make sense to me because. It wasn't a because they can do it. Otherwise, they have every right to be out there and protest in a way themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. But they were protecting the Alamo against the protesters
0: who were all minorities
2: and who, that who to me, the, that to me
0: is racism. Who, like if you who, want who to at explain the end of the racism, day, it's not, it's not even necessarily the protesters that are that are causing this damage. I mean, people people oh, forget yeah. that criminals will always be criminals, whether it's a time of civil unrest or a time of not civil mm-hmm. unrest. And right?
1: Criminal, cri- criminals are black, white, black, right? They're our, everyone. <laughs> was the message like, to me?
0: And they're going to take advantage Everybody. of whatever you know. If there's an overwhelm overwhelming. Uh, you know, the police are overwhelmed at a time. Yeah, the criminals are going to come out and they're going to take advantage of that. I mean, half of the videos, I mean, 80% of the videos that I saw online were white people starting fires in buildings. Like, what the fuck do you explain Same. that? Same. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it, what, you think, it's, you think it's the protesters? Like, no. it's not necessarily the protesters. It's criminals that are taking advantage of an overwhelming experience on
1: the police force. What I think is... And this is just my personal opinion. Yeah. If these officers were held accountable for right. the murders in a more um, justifiable way, like uh, you're going to go to trial, you're going to be evaluated without the hard, union bailing them out every the every time. Out like why did how did you kill him how did you how did this happen if something like that is is happening then people it wouldn't be that uproar right like right. it wouldn't be that uproar that's all we have to do is start really looking at the cases and looking at the the officers that are in these cases and really uh, bringing them to some type of justice, held them as accountable as you would a murderer that with without a badge.
0: Right. The first the first mistake was a al- was allowing the union to come in and set protocol on what what was what was procedure after a policeman shoots someone. Right. There were so many things within that where they could. I think I read an R in the police union contract that San Antonio currently has with the San Antonio Police Department. Is that if an officer is accused, ideally, what they could do is they have a forty-eight-hour discovery period to know all of the details of what's going against them, so they could ideally form a story, to to combat that. Was
1: stare professionals at that? Yeah. So so
0: so what you're seeing is you're seeing the you know
1: police
0: policemen that you know do these heinous acts, ideally reviewing footage or reviewing whatever and saying, okay, well I could formulate a story. That's going to cover my ass.
1: Could you imagine that? a civilian doing some shit like that? Right. A civilian, say, like you, we have a union that says uh, you murdered somebody as a civilian and we're going to give you 48 hours to get your evidence in and case well, together that's, while you're free. It's ridiculous. That's called organized
2: crime. It's the mafia.
1: It's ridiculous. When you put it like that. Actually, I, I ran into
0: uh so we're actually bringing Chief McManus sometime in the next couple of weeks, but
1: Ooh, I'll be I'll be in tune for that.
0: Yeah, I, I ran I into him that. the other day and I had asked him, you know. I said, "Hey, we're we're about to our team's about to send you an email to get you on the podcast. I just personally I wanted to talk to you and see how you kind of felt about it." He said he's 100% forward on it. I mean, oh. and I and I'm looking for I got I got friends, I got I got family members that are in blue. I support, you know, the blue line. Um, but I definitely think there, there's got to be some changes within the systems that, that, you know, these guys are working in.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I want to ask you, what, what keeps that conversation balanced?
1: Wh- which one? Which Chief McManus. You know, like what? The conversation, just the openness yeah. to be able to come on and speak about what's going on. Yeah, and I, I, I respect him for that. Whoever that is, he, I, he
0: sees it. He sees it as, as important, and he respect that. He I went out of his that. way to tell me. You know, he's like, whatever we need to do. He knows that. Hey, that a lot of people are feeling a lot of pain right now, and he knows that it's important to come out in the community. What I what I got a sense from our conversation was. He feels that it's important to come out in front of the community and talk about these things to different audiences so so we could all be on the same page moving forward.
1: Yeah, man, I don't think that every citizen in America thinks that every police officer is bad. Right. But there are a lot, shit, a lot, a lot of them that are with that mentality of I got a position of power and I'm going to use it and abuse it. It could be anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's Not true. Them, I, I know most of know, these,
0: most of these kids were losers in high school and they just, the moment they get a, a badge, they feel like they're in power
1: and now. Man, <laughs> man, seriously, man. I'm serious. I, I, I could count they'll like five easy. off the top they'll of my head. It. Whether it be a security guard at uh, Mama Margie's. Yep. The uh, moment
0: yeah. you give them a gun and a badge, right, man, guy. it's a dangerous situation. Seriously, man. That's putting lives in danger. Okay.
2: Trauma and mental distress is real. Like I don't wanna discount right. that. No, man. Right. There's no reason for anyone to be a racist piece of shit. I'm right. never gonna give anybody that excuse when it comes no. down. But there are people who are in or who have the badge now who aren't racist, but they're still filled with hate, mm-hmm. still filled with right. things that happen to them that they
1: have to get over and they will act out against. More mental evaluations need to go on before you give somebody exactly a badge. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm you, talking you, about. You have to really dissect who you are giving a badge and a gun to. Right. Because it's almost too much power. Right. Almost too much power. And for somebody oh. who is mentally disturbed in those aspects that you are saying, to be able to get a badge and a gun easily.
0: Right. You're just putting lives in danger at that road. point. And then on top of that, once they make a stupid act, like this, this guy that killed um, Ahmad Aubrey. Oh, I mean, now, now at that point, I remember right before the protest started, I said, this idiot is going to put the lives of other police officers, my, bro- you know, my, my family members, it's going to put them in danger. And, uh, you know, my brothers in blue are going to be in danger now yeah, because this guy did that yeah. and ideally thought he could get away with it. You know,
1: it, it's, it's crazy because it's the way that we are treated as humans by the, the, the badges and stuff, right? In the case of uh, George Floyd, rest in peace, the way he was detained for— a, 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 That's right, George whatever. Floyd. I said Ahmaud Arbery. Ahmaud no, Aubrey Also, fam. He, he as well, right? Also. But George Floyd, the way he was detained and held down and, and, and abused and, and hogtied by four other police officers for a non-violent crime. That's not how you treat him, like, man. You, you have that kid who went into, I don't even speak this kid's name, but went into a church, killed 18 people. Right. They babied him, took him to Burger King. Before Talk about the guy,
0: the guy from... Uh down south texas i know it was
1: south carolina or north okay. carolina okay. one of the carolinas yeah. was another one Yeah, killed 18 people in a church and, oh that's right and, I know talking and about they him. took him to mcdonald's or or burger king before they actually took him to jail it's ridiculous T- treated him like gold before he went but if a black man is selling um cigarettes CDs or cigarettes outside of it was a, like a Eric, corner store was his name? Eric Eric Gardner, Gardner. they uh, choke him until he can't breathe and dies, homie. Like on broad day, like like. That's how ridiculous. Is that? like, come on, you gotta take uh, a look at that. You you have to take a look at that, man. I see I've, you know,
0: and I've seen people justify these guys, and I'm just like, man, what the no, hell? Like, no you have never, you have never. I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I they've never experienced I, something like that to be that stupid, like. I used to live in New York, and you would see things where, you know, you see these things. In Texas, I feel like in San Antonio, you don't see much of that. Nah. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling... It happens, but you don't see it on a
1: day-to-day basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens, but you... That's what I want to
2: talk to Chief McManus about. Yeah, bro. Because I see both sides. Racism with cops. Police brutality altogether. Non-racist could just be a white guy being the shit out of a
1: white guy who got arrested. mm Mm-hmm.
2: But then there's also the cops who are genuinely trying to do good in the community. Right.
1: Right. Those those guys get lost in the shuffle because of those those bad apples. Right.
2: And that's what I like to find out more about that.
1: Because I've encountered uh, police officers also, man, that are super cool dudes. Yeah. Like I said, I got a lot of friends, man. I got a lot of friends here. They they grew up in the same neighborhoods that I grew up in. Right. So they're, they're homies. You know what I'm saying? Not in a they homie know, how, like, to they know how to interact with that community. What I mean by homie is not my personal homie, but like they know how to interact in the community that right.
2: they've been assigned to. They slow down and try to understand. They right.
1: talk before yeah. they pull out that gun and, and like, you know. Right. So uh, those guys, man, I, I feel bad for. But those other guys, man, you know, get them right. some, something else to do, bro. Something else. Yeah, and I feel like it's
0: – I mean, I've always wondered, you know, what, what makes – what makes the good cops defend the bad cops when they're in a situation like that? I, like, I, I couldn't think that all, all of the guys that were in these situations where there was a, a black male killed, I couldn't imagine that all of them were thinking, this is the right thing to do. Oh, hey. like, there, was, there has to be some connection point where you're thinking, i got to do something, but I'm not going to do it because, I, because of something. They, What's fear, that something? They,
1: they fear the rest of the cops. That are on the side of the other cops doing those bad things. Yes. They fear that um, it's institutionalized. It's institutionalized. Like bro. they yeah.
2: are like a fraternity. Are like um, in the army, and how you have a squad of cadets who will protect one guy who rapes the female cadet.
0: Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. But that's like sheep-like behavior to me. Like to me, like yeah, even even when you even when you're with a group of guys, right? I, I've got, I've been in situations where I'm with my boys, and at the end of the day, I'm, or if I hear something wrong, I'm like, I gotta pull them aside and be like, Hey, man, uh, can't fucking do that. Yeah, good, <laughs> like good. I'm with you. You're because making you me look stupid. Somebody, you yeah. have to have somebody.
1: like you in those PDs also, yeah. right? That are that are is bold enough to pull somebody to the side and be like, no, and that's what we I'm don't saying. need to it's choke like, this dude. We don't need to hold him down like that. Get the fuck off of him. Just right. One. right. That's all you. All right. one of those four cops who are on uh, George Floyd from head to foot, right? Homie, pushing him down. Pushing him down. Like right. all one of them had to do was walk up and say, "Hey, we got him handcuffed. Let's put him in the car and right. check him out." That's right. It. And we wouldn't have this uproar. Right. You know, we wouldn't have this uproar, but no one did. No one wants to stand up. Nobody has the balls enough to say, get off of them. There's a lot of sheep
0: out there, man. That's, that's how I see it. I, I just see it as uh, There's a lot lacking all together. That's
2: yeah. what I'm finding out. Yeah, I think out. so, man. I like think it's, so. It's not just racism, and you say, how do we combat racism? Mm-hmm. Well, we go back to the schools, and we do a better job of calling out stereotypical cliche comments that lead to racism
0: down the line okay
2: but what about everything
0: else there's still there's a
1: lot there's, there's a, a lot. lot man there's a lot because
0: you got the- my good friend john jackson he put i'm reading this a little bit late sorry about that john if you're still watching feel free to chime in uh, he said police policy reformation on local state and federal levels i agree with that i think it has to happen at all levels it has to come
2: we talked about that last time what-
0: there's got to be a position in legislature right that they have to do something up there right. to where they won't allow these contracts with police unions But we to have be, to force it though. Right.
1: We, we have to come together as a people and go out and vote and force it. That, right. I mean, that's the way they tell us to do it, right? Like, right. your vote is what is gonna change these lawmakers and make things get more highlighted on and say like, we need reform in right. the, 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 this the is true. best way or we need to defund. And when we say defund, I think that people hear that Defund and say, take all government assistance away from the police or all uh, taxpayers' dollars don't go to the police. Right. No, we, don't, we don't say that. We say reform, which means reevaluate the way things are handled. Like maybe add a psychiatrist to the squad car right. that can go into a domestic violence situation and be like, let me talk to the husband and wife and then if i need a, a gun then i got my the cops with mm. me to take care of that
2: bank robbers have negotiators
1: suicidal people have negotiators so why you can't we do not start to wonder that? right <laughs> why don't we have that
0: for <laughs> anything else you know i mean yeah there's countless videos out there where you know someone in in uh not in the right mental capacity or if there's a miscommunication whether they don't speak english you see i've seen police beat the shit out of people just automatically Just right? automatically and I'm just like man like you know you think of it that could be my uncle that could be my grandpa you so know So you
1: got to look at the training of these police officers right what's going on in the training process from when they sign up to be a, a, um, a cop to their graduation point What's going on in that process? This is where the evaluation of mental health needs to be and before we say you are allowed to police, to protect and serve your community. Right, I've heard people take longer to finish barber school than they do.
0: If someone's listening out there that understands this, please chime in, but uh, they say say it takes longer to
1: finish barber school. (laughs) Than it does longer to get, longer into to the get a pair of clippers than it does to get a badge. Holy, like, <laughs> It's crazy, right? man. It's crazy. Uh, it's right. just it's wild. It's nuts. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely
0: a movement that I that I hope. Man, we can to we can on. sit on
1: this subject forever, man. I can talk to y'all forever about right? this, man. Seriously, I, I man. think
0: my my end thought on it
2: all because we could dwell on negativity about police all day. It's too easy. Um, there are people out there who are innocent to a degree in what has happened to them. Imagine a young cadet, 19, 20, I don't know how old you 19, have to be 20. to be a cop, but right? You're one of the five and the youngest, and you're pressured into something, and you don't want to do it, and you do it, and it's now with you for the rest of your life. Is it something that happened to you? You can be victimized in that way. Not every time, mm-hmm. but it has to be. It has to be made apparent that that's a possibility where right. somebody could get forced to do something that they will regret for the rest of their life right the guy who killed george floyd did he looked like he had regret on his face nah.
1: no not at all he, he looked like he was enjoying that the yeah. whole something sick his in in his pocket. the whole man he had his bro, hands like, in his pocket <laughs> the sickest shit i've ever seen in my life man with my own two eyes like i've never seen nothing like that bro
0: well um I'll go go for it. Yeah yeah no I was just gonna kind of wind us down but you had something to say.
2: Oh I was just gonna add that uh, at a cop pull me over once when I was at St Mary's. I was driving the wrong way down uh, one of the roads in the neighborhood. <laughs> that would do it. We were, we were hotboxing. <laughs> that'll that'll like do hot it. Hotboxing like,
1: like ten years ago. So 10 years I'd be ago. scared like I'm terrified to do some Class shit like that bro. Teams. Y'all are y'all are bold. So you, you
0: deserves to get pulled over at that point yeah. <laughs> and,
2: oh, from, from that moment on, everything changed about my understanding of um, drugs and driving while inebriated and right. cops. Because he pulled me over and he asked me a series of questions, and I answered honestly. And I was scared shitless. And he did three things. He said, do you want this, Baggy? A little bit of weed in it. No, sir. Okay. Do you want this? It was like a little pipe. No sir. Okay. Clean your car. Then you left. No way. And that that he didn't have to do any of that. Right. But it was simple enough to Okay, that gave me a
1: lease on life from that moment. Right? And you never forgot that moment cuz you're talking uh-huh. about it now. Yeah. Yeah, no me I mean we we've had uh encounters on the other end with cops also but we still got pulled over but my, my wife and i for instance were in inglewood uh, california i just got done playing a basketball game and we made a u-turn to get on the highway and uh cop pulled us over he saw our plates were texas plates so he said man hey do y'all know where y'all are at that was the first thing he said when he pulled us over. And I was like, yeah, man, I just got done playing the basketball game. I know where I'm at. I'm you know, sorry about I made that, made that U-turn, but we, we just trying to get home or whatnot. And he was like, all right, man, I just had to check, man. Cause you know, this is Inglewood. This is not the, the best place to be around. Oh, Especially he, was watching, he was watching out for He oh, was watching out for us. Oh, wow. Man. He was watching out for us. So, you know, like I said, in that sense, you have some guys that are actually good on right. the force but then it's the ones like this dude, I don't even know what his asshole, that asshole's name is, that, that killed, murdered, I'm sorry, not killed, but murdered, right. murdered George Floyd, yeah. that fuck it up for everybody else. Right.
0: Yeah, man, it, 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 uh, it really puts a danger, like I said, and I stated before the, these uh, protests started happening, but it puts, it puts, you know, our brothers in blue in danger. And uh, to me, that's, you know, it's um, irresponsible hundred right, uh, percent so, yeah to wind us down um, some last touch points I want to go back to the entrepreneur talk yeah um, there's a lot a lot of young guys out there in San Antonio I know specifically kind of follow me and what I do um, what type of advice uh, advice would you give you know those young people out there that either they're working in nine to five or they're they're in the um, in the army they're getting ready to get out within the next two years or you know, whatever situation they're in, whether if it's, if it's graduating school, what type of advice would you give them uh, in regards to, you know, risk and following passion and devoting themselves? Because it seems like you've devoted yourself to what you're passionate about. What type of advice would you give those guys?
1: Do what you love and you'll never work a day in
0: your life. I like that. I like that. Greg, what about you? Same question. Yeah, yeah, same question, man. What do, you, what do you give, you know, the young guys that are watching out there? What, what type of advice do you give them? Uh, you know, they're, they're at a pivotal life point, right? It, they could choose the corporate job or they could follow their passion.
2: Be mad, be insane, be crazy, be hysterical about your passion and become the ultimate swordsman of that craft or the blacksmith or whatever it is, become the ultimate at it and
1: dedicate your life to it. And you will be happy no matter what, everything yeah. else will come. You, you have to um, stay persistent and consistent, hustle harder than you ever hustled in your life for it. like, like your next meal depends on it. Like if you don't get this done today, you're not gonna eat today. Right. If you go after it like that and you put that passion behind as your fuel nobody can tell you anything nothing will ever stop you and you will be successful hustle plus muscle equals success right i think there's uh
0: there's a silver lining in the struggle right cuz there's no plan the b process, bro. there's like, no plan b
1: you got to fa- fall in love with that process yeah. man. that process is where the money is like or that's where the the success is is in the process
0: right well, that concludes our episode of our podcast today. I want to thank everyone for watching. I want to thank Keith for man, coming on thank board, you for having me, man, thank taking the time. I really
1: appreciate you. And
0: for, of course, oh, my 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 great co-host Greg, Blessings. who took the time to outline, you know, ninety nine percent of what we talked about today, and um, and of course Brick. We're not sponsored by Brick, but Brick does extend their venue every time we have an episode. So I'm going to put a link after this podcast airs. I'm going to put a link below to uh, submit donations to BRIC. Um, I think it's, it's – I, I, I ask that you please, please, please donate whatever you can, even if it's a dollar, if it's $5, to this venue. This venue does a lot. None of these guys get paid. The, the guys in the production team back there upstairs, these guys aren't getting paid for this. Um, again, they're working on a volunteer basis for our episode here. So if, uh, if you find it in your heart, please, please donate under there. Um, Other than that, we are done, and uh, thanks for watching. Peace.